So let's just pray for the word. Let's pray for them, and we'll jump into the message. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day that you've made. We rejoice. We're glad in it. God, we pray for joy ministry today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity they already had to be in one retirement home, another one this afternoon. God, we thank you for just the opportunity they have to minister and to serve and to love people in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for hearts that are open to the gospel. We thank you for miracles and healings, God. Lord, we thank you. And just people will feel loved. They'll feel seen. They'll feel connected with God, especially those maybe who are battling with loneliness and feel that there's no one connecting with them, God, that there will be just that connection and that, that impartation of your love. And Lord, we thank you for the message today. Pray help me to teach us simply. Everyone here will understand what I'm saying. They'll take it. They'll apply it in their life. They will get results. Lord, we thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that is present in this place. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. And everyone agreed, said, amen, amen, amen. All right, thank you, Glody. I will be getting you back, sir. Um, I want to continue to talk to you about our, our series right now, and our series we're doing this month is entitled Build a City on a Hill. And so as you are, most of you would be familiar with this year, the word that God's given us for the year is build. And we're really going to... Uh, kind of take a lot of time throughout this year to look at the different aspects and the different ways that God is calling us to build, that God is speaking to us to build. What does that look like? And so this month, we, we took some time really focused on being a city on a hill. And so I want you to go with me to Matthew 5, 13 to 16. This is our core text. And I want to talk to you. It's a little bit more of a sobering message today, uh, something I believe is going to challenge us, encourage us, but I think it's so key and so important if we're going to be people who build as God has called us to. So Matthew 5, 13 to 16 says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Uh, we've talked about different things coming out of this passage today. I want to start with several thoughts that I reflected on this week as I was preparing and going over this. The first thought I want to share with you is as followers of Jesus, we are called to be different than the world that we live in. Now, on one level, that seems pretty simplistic, and people go, yes, of course, but I, I really, this is where I want to start to build the foundation for what we're going to talk about for a few moments this afternoon. But we're called to be different. We're not called to fit in. We're not called to go with the flow. We're, not call, we're, we're called to be counter-cultural. And I think this is important more than ever in the day and age we live in because we live in a culture right now where it can be hard to be a Christian. It can be hard to faithfully follow Jesus. It can be difficult and challenging, but it's still worth it. And it's the right thing to do. But there's this element of the world we're in where we're actually called to be different. Now that's hard because most of us, even myself, we don't want to be different. I mean, you know, we want to be different in ways that are cool. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to be different, but then our difference is the same style everybody else is wearing, but we're all being different for real about it. But most of the time, I, I, don't, want you, I don't want to be different. I'm not trying to stick out all the time. Uh, it, it can be challenging to be different. Uh, it can be really hard sometimes, especially if your difference is something that brings scorn or brings persecution against you, but we are called to be different. Um, I think it's important because when you look at this passage, our difference is like Jesus is talking about salt, and he's talking about light. 
Salt makes an impact because it's different than what it's coming into contact with. Right? Light makes an impact because it's different than the darkness. It stands out because it's different than the darkness. But in this essence, so right at the heart of this passage, Jesus is talking to us about being different. And furthermore, it's a very hardcore saying, but he says, if we actually lose this difference, he said here, we are no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, don't, don't take that too hard. Jesus is not trying to be demeaning towards us when he's saying that, because obviously we know his love for us. But he's making a point. He's saying in this context, I'm talking about difference. Salt makes an impact because it's different. Light makes an impact because it's different than darkness. But if you lose that difference, if you lose what is there, what, what, you're, you're not going to be good for what's happening anymore. Furthermore, it's interesting because you remember we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were going over this. Salt was, it was difference actually became a blessing. It brought flavor. It brought preservation. It brought safety. Light. Light. You cannot have life without light. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, listen, you're called to be different, but the world around you needs you to be different. The world around you needs you to be salt. The world around you needs you to be light. Because if you're not that salt, if you're not that light, you're not going to do anything good for them. You don't do good for the world by fitting into the world. You do good for the world by shining brightly for Jesus Christ. Now, of course, that sounds nice. We're in these four walls and we're preaching. We're all saying amen. It's a little more challenging when we get out there. But I want us to hear this heart. It's about the difference. So here's a question I just want you to reflect on right now. How different am I? Now, some of you are probably going, I'm very different, Pastor. <laughs> I am very different. But, but I want us just to think about this. Because so often, we're to, it's interesting. You know, sometimes we fall into this trap, even as Christians, trying to show people in the world that we're not that different than they are. Now, obviously, there's a point where, you know, let them know we're norm, you're, you're a normal person. Like, we're not trying to appear weird but there's actually power in the difference, right? We don't impact people by watering down our worship so it's not too strong for them. We impact people by worshiping God with all of our heart because they see a difference, right? We don't, we don't impact people by showing them that, oh, I just do everything you do even if it's wrong. No, no, we impact by saying, no, actually, I, we don't have to be judgmental about it. We don't, but, but say, no, actually, there's a standard that, that I follow because I follow Jesus and so don't be afraid to be different. Embrace what God's doing difference. And so I want to I build on this a little bit because we're talking about building a city on a hill. But here's what I want to focus on today. A city on a hill must have a highway of holiness. And I want to talk to you for a few moments this afternoon about building a highway of holiness. And about walking on the highway of holiness. Everybody say a highway of holiness. Let's go to Isaiah 35, verse 8. Isaiah 35, verse 8 says this, And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. Last week, we took some time to talk about discipleship. And we talked about the difference between being a Christian, air quote, and being a true disciple of Jesus. And we talked about some different elements of what discipleship looks like today. Again, just a real simple word, but I, I believe it's so key if we're going to talk about building what God's called us to build because one of the key distinctives of being a disciple is holiness. 
I think the team did a great job in worship today. And there was just this theme of, of holiness before God, that we serve a holy God. And he's called us to holiness. So let's look at a few verses about holiness this afternoon. Because we're going to build a highway of holiness. Everybody say a highway of holiness. Leviticus 20 verse 26. You shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord. For I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So I want you to see, we're going to start. This is Old, Old Testament, Old Covenant, but we know it's fulfilled through Jesus. And we, these, these verses are very applicable to us as well. So first we see God says, you shall be holy to me. So there's a suggestion, maybe, some really spiritual ones of you, the pastor. No, if we follow Jesus, if you're a disciple, he's saying you shall be holy. But I want us to see this, you shall be holy to me. That's a very key important part. Not just you shall be holy, but you shall be holy to me. There's something about God's heart in this and our connection with him. See, so for I am the Lord, I'm holy. And so we're going to see this theme through these verses. Holiness does not start with you and me. Holiness starts with God because he's a holy God. That, that he is the one who is holy. I, I referenced a little bit in my prayer, but it's interesting. We've got the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now there's many adjectives of God that would be very appropriate to say this is who he is. We could say he's the loving spirit. So how many know God is love? We could say he's the peaceful spirit. So how many know God is peace? We could say the joyful spirit, because we know God is filled with joy. But yet he chose to define the Holy Spirit, because holiness in its essence is defined by him and who he is. So watch, he says, I'm holy, and I've separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So as followers of Jesus, there is a difference. There is a separation that we are called to. Not separated from people or from things as much, but separated unto him. So catch this theme here. You shall be holy to me. You have been separated from the peoples that you should be mine. When somebody say, I belong to Jesus. Look at 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you see this again. We're a chosen race. We're a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Holiness is defining who we are. There's a definition. He's the Holy Spirit. And as we follow Jesus, one of the key definitions of what we walk in our lives is called to be holiness. And then we see this again here. He said, a people for his own possession. So see the connection here. Because a lot of times I don't think we make this connection. This holiness is because we belong to him. This holiness is because he treasures us. He values us. We are special in his sight. That's what the scriptures say. And so there's this element of we're special to him, we're valuable to him, and because of that, there's this call to holiness. We don't go for holiness so we can impress him. We don't go for holiness so we can earn something with him. The holiness actually flows out of being valuable to him and being precious to him. And being called by him. Let's look at Romans 12 verse 1. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Which is your spiritual worship. So you see Paul's using the starting here. He's using very strong language. I appeal to you. Right. I, I, I beseech you. Another translation said. I mean he's very strong in his language. He's not like basically I plead with you. 
I'm calling to you to present by the mercies of God. So notice this, again, this is really key. By the mercies of God, it's not something we do in our own strength, it's by God's grace, it's by God's strength, but there's this mercies of God that we present our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. So it's good that we're here on a Sunday and we're worshiping God, but you know what? When you live in holiness, that's worship to God. When we live in holiness, that's worship unto him. 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16, but as he who called you is holy, so also you be holy in all your conduct, since it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So we see this again. The emphasis is not so much on just you and me being holy, it's on his holiness. But then our response to his holiness is that we would be holy in all of our conduct. One of the challenges for many believers is we're being holy on Sunday, but not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Or we're being holy on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, but then Saturday, eh. But he's saying in all your conduct. And then very simply, Paul said it this way, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 7, but God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. So we see we're called in holiness. But remember this, always remember, whenever God tells you to do something, he's always given you the strength and the ability through the Holy Spirit to already do it. He never asks you to do something without empowering you to do it. So whenever you see a command, understand there's a supply and there's an anointing to help you live out that command. Because that's where it is. It's not something we're going to do in our own strength. I really want to be really clear, even as we go through this message, if it's just kind of a grit my teeth, you know, Joel said it when he gave that great word today, kind of white knuckled, I'm just going to make this happen. That's not the point of today. The point of today is there is a call to holiness, but it's understanding that we're not going to do it in our own strength, but we're going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So this brings us to a question, what is holiness? Now, I know many people in here could probably give a good definition, but I didn't want to glaze over that and think we knew. I, I love this definition of holiness. It just really clicks for me. It makes sense. It says holiness is to be separated from sin unto God. That's what holiness is. There, and you see it through these verses we just read. There's a, you are my chosen people. There's a separation that happens. There's, there's something that's separate, but being separated from sin unto God. Now, what I really want to emphasize in this is many times, because I'm sure we've heard messages on holiness and we've talked about holiness, but I feel like a lot of people, they're well-intentioned, but they can get it a little off and it throws things off. Because the emphasis for me is not so much on separated from sin as it is on separated unto God. If I'm just trying to be separated from sin, it's going to be a tough battle. If I'm just trying to create all these rules in my life and have this legalism that I live by, it is going to be a very tough slog. But if my heart is to be separated unto God, that he's called me, that I am his, that I'm a special person that he has called, and I'm living out of that place of being separated unto God. When I'm living out of that place of being separated unto God, it becomes very easy for me to be separated from sin. It's a little bit, I remember hearing someone say this when I stood with me, if I'm busy serving God, I won't have time to give myself to sin. And I'm not so much talking about being busy, but it's just this concept. If I'm filled with him, there's not going to be space for anything. But what happens for many people is we're not being filled with God. We're not being separated unto God. And then we're in this constant battle with all these voids in our life trying to not sin, don't do this, don't do that. It's just this legalism. That's not what God's after with this, guys. What God's after is a people who are separated unto him, a people who are committed to him, a people who are dedicated to him. 
and not just to rules or to regulations. But I do want to say this today as well, because it's being separated to God, but as we are separated to God, there are some things that we need to be separated from. I remember hearing someone say a while ago, it's, it's, it's something I'm working on in my life in different areas, but when you say yes to one thing, you have to understand you're saying no to many other things. And so there are some things we need to say no to. Come on, somebody say no. Man, I know two-year-olds know that word very well. No. <laughs> Do this, no. Or as I shared with you a couple weeks ago, Shiloh was a little better. She'd just say, no, thank you. <laughs> Shiloh, time to go to bed. No, thank you. Shall eat your vegetables. No, thank you. I mean, what do you do to no thank you, right? She was very polite. But whatever it is, but there's an element, there's an element, guys, of some things. Holiness matters. Our thought life matters. What we're thinking about. Now, it can be hard because we're going, man, pastor, you don't know what I'm thinking about sometimes, sir. I don't know what's going on, but, but our thought life matters. We're going to be separated unto God. It's holiness in our thought life. Um, Our words matter. The Bible says that we will stand before Jesus. We'll give account for every word and every thoughtless word that we've spoken. But if we're going to be people of holiness, our words matter. Our thoughts matter. Our actions matter. Part of why I'm saying this is I think... Sometimes as Western Christians, there's this growing disconnect where we're saying, I follow Jesus, but if you look at our life, there's no difference. And I I don't think a lot of times we do it on purpose. I think sometimes it's just, if all you ever see is lukewarmness, then you think that's normal. So we, we kind of start buying into this lie that says, come on, you can't really have holiness in your thought life. That's just not realistic, pastor. Come on. No, I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm just whatever. I can't, I can't really expect holiness in my words. Like, come on, that's, that's just actions. Come on. I mean, you know, with that, uh, holiness matters in what we watch. What we read, what we listen to. You know, it, it really matters. And again, there's this lie the devil wants to feed us that go, ah, it's, that's not possible. There's no point in even trying. And he gets us to buy into this low, lukewarm standard instead of understanding that the Holy Spirit will empower us to live in holiness. Now, is it easy? No, it's not easy. But why are you always taking the easy road anyways? Jesus said the broad, easy road leads to destruction. But there's a narrow road that leads to life. But see, if the devil can get us to be convinced that the narrow road's impossible, of course we're just going to take the broad road without any second thing. But So our thoughts matter, our words matter, our actions matter. What we watch, read, listens to, the environments we put ourselves in matter. Is it pleasing to God? Is it what he would have for us? 
And see, what I'm after is, I told you it'd be a little more sobering today, but what I'm after, I'm after building this highway of holiness, and I really want to attack today this lie that says this is impossible, it can't happen in 2024, it's impossible for young people, it's impossible for this, whatever lie the devil tries to concoct, because I want you to know today that if you belong to Jesus, you serve a holy God, and he says, I've separated you unto myself, but I want to empower you by my Holy Spirit to live in holiness in all that you do. Come on, say a highway of holiness. And right at the center of this, guys, I believe, is this principle of relationship with God. Let me use an example. This is the best way it always just, for me, it just makes so much sense when I think of it this way. Uh, April 9th, Pastor Sharon and I will be celebrating 19 years of marriage. Right, to get, get close to 20. I promise you, COVID messed up our 15th year vacation trip. So 20th, we're doing something big. But just pray for money, because big for my wife is big. So anyways, and that I said, Pastor Sharon, you sent her to a three-star hotel. That's roughing it, all right? So we gotta, we're going to do big, right? But, but when I stood at that altar with her, I made a commitment not to a list of rules and regulations, but to a relationship that I was going to guard. You see the difference? Now, when I married and when I made that commitment, there was a lot. When I said yes to her, there was a lot of things that I said I'm now saying no to. I'm saying no to dating other women. I'm saying no to looking at other women in any type of way other than just as a sister in Christ or whatever else. I'm saying no to my action. I'm saying no to how. There's so much I'm saying no to. And if I stood at the altar and said, yes, I commit to you faithfully, wholly, and completely, except I just want one day a year. Just one day when I can go do whatever I want to do. She would have walked out from that altar and we would have been done. Pastor Sharon does not play around. And her father would have knocked me out. And rightfully so, right? Because intuitively you go, that's not right. That's not marriage. That's not what this is supposed to be about. This is supposed to be an exclusive commitment. But see, here's the deal. My emphasis is on my relationship with her and protecting what I have with her. It's not just on all the things I can't do. That's what your walk with God has to be like. Come on, if I said in my marriage, I said, well, I can't talk to other women, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, and oh, it's really hard, but I'm just trying. You'd be saying, your marriage is in trouble, buddy. If I, you say something like that, your marriage is going to be trouble. It's like, no, no, I love my wife. I love our family. I love what God is building and what God is doing in us. And so there's a lot of things that even sometimes my flesh may feel tempted towards, but I am so committed to her, loving her, being faithful to her, honoring her. It is very easy for me to say no to so many different things. Why? Because I'm protecting the relationship. Because I love her so much, I couldn't imagine hurting her in that way. I love my children and what God is is building and so there's a lot of things I say no to because of my love in my relationship see if all you've got in God are rules and regulations you'll always fall short but if you have a real relationship and you're protecting that relationship and you're guarding that relationship there's a lot of things you say yeah sometimes there might be a temptation that comes but it's because you're separated to him that you stand firm And so I just want to ask us today, do we have that kind of relationship and love for God? Are we just here for what we can get? 
freedom from hell and give me this God and give me that. And see, if it's just about what I get, then it's never going to have staying power. But if it's about this relationship with him, that leads to holiness. Come on, somebody say a highway of holiness. Now, I'll just, a couple more things here, and we're going to go back to prayer. Why does holiness matter so much? So we've said what it is. Why does this matter? Because some of you know we're in church. Oh, we need to be holy, and we know we're supposed to. So we don't know. Like, why? What's the point? So I just want to give you four quick concepts of why holiness matters. Number one, holiness respects God. Everybody say holiness respects Second Corinthians 7 verse 1, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the Lord. Second Corinthians 7. So I love this. Paul starts, he says, since we have these promises, what promises? Go read the whole rest of Second Corinthians. He's kind of been building this thing up. He says, look at all the promises we have. Look at this relationship we have with the creator of the universe. So he's saying, keep the promises in mind. Look at all that God has said. What prophecies have been spoken over your life? What dreams does God give you? Keep all these things in mind. And then because of this, cleanse yourself from every defilement of body and spirit. Why? Because if you're not cleansed, you never walk in the promise. And see, it says here, and bringing holiness to completion, the fear of the Lord. I want to talk about fear of the Lord because this is element of holiness respects. What does the fear of the Lord mean? The fear of the Lord means to have this awe and this respect and this reverence for God. It's such a deep concept, it's almost hard to describe it. You, you almost, there's an element of you have to catch more than you can just explain. But I want you to picture like there's someone in your life that you just have such a high regard for that you would never cross them, you would never demean them, you would never, because there's just this, this. Now multiply that by a million, that's the fear of God. See, when I walk in holiness, I'm showing a respect for God. I'm showing a fear for God. And when I play around with sin in my life and I'm not repentant, I show a disrespect to God. I show a disrespect to the sacrifice that Jesus made to set me free. Now, about you? I don't want to do that. I don't want to live flippantly like that. I want to live with the fear of the Lord. I want a love of God, but I want the fear of the Lord in my life because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible says those who fear him, God shares his secrets with those who fear him. Right? There, there's all these things, but I want to live with this respect for God. Guys, if, if it, you know, and I don't find, I haven't met a lot of Christians who do this, but let me just put this out there. If, 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 we're, if you're kind of just living where I'm just going to sin and God just forgives me and it really doesn't matter, Pastor, you know, I've just got forgiveness and I got grace, that is disrespectful to who God is. It's disrespectful to his holiness. It's disrespectful to the blood of Jesus. It's disrespectful to the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior made for us. If you're going to live that way, to stop singing about the cross. Stop thinking about God's greatness and God's goodness. Just don't, don't play the game. I know, I know it's hard, but I really want... Now, I'm not talking about people who are... Just, like, I'm thankful for the goodness of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who purposely says, I'm just going to go sin because God will forgive me anyways. That's disrespectful to who he is. But respect says... Now, I know some of us is kind of hitting hard because like, well, I'm still messing up sometimes. That's okay because he forgives and he knows your heart if your heart is truly there. to, He sees the heart that you have for him. I'm talking about people who are saying, I know God will forgive me anyway, so I don't care. I'm just going to do it. 
But see, when I'm walking holiness, when I'm fighting, let me say it this way, when I'm fighting for holiness, because no one here is perfect. We all need forgiveness. We all need grace. But there's a difference between I'm really pursuing holiness. I fall down sometimes, but I get back up. I'm pursuing holiness. And someone who's going, I'm just going to sin and I don't really care. And God's just going to give me. We want to be on this side. Because holiness respects. Everybody say holiness respects. Number two, holiness connects. Everybody say holiness connects. Matthew 27, 46 says this in about the ninth hour. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sebedactin. And that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, a little bit of context here. I mean, there's so much here I could talk about. But up till this point in Jesus' life, he never knew a moment without the presence of God. He never knew a moment without us because he never sinned. He'd always walked in perfection. He'd always walked in the presence of God. But the Bible says when he was on the cross, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He literally became sin. The sins of the world were put on him. And for the first time in his life, he knew what it felt like to not have God's presence with him. Because God is, and it's interesting, God's not kind of like, oh, you sinned. I'm withdrawing my presence from you. No, he literally is light. He extinguishes darkness by his very nature. And if you and I choose to embrace darkness because of his love for us, he has to withdraw his presence from us because we could not handle it in the state that we're in. We have to get that. But here's the point. This is the element. When you walk in holiness, it keeps you connected. Right? Like if I went off and acted the fool, I mean, Pastor Sharon and I may still legally be married, but there's not going to be a lot of connection. With that, but this is bigger, this is God. And see, when we walk in holiness, there is a connecting that stays in place. There's a relationship, there's a grace that flows. But if the devil can fool us into embracing sin and just playing games with sin and playing around with sin in our lives, guys, it disconnects us from the Father. He doesn't stop loving us. It's not automatically going to send us to hell, but it disconnects us from his presence. It disconnects us from hearing his voice. It disconnects us from all that he wants to do in our life. Don't allow yourself to get disconnected by sin. It's not worth it. Walk in humility. Walk in the fear of the Lord. Walk in repentance so you can stay connected. Everybody say holiness connects. So number one, holiness respects or causes us to walk in the fear of God. Number two, holiness connects. Number three, holiness protects. Everybody say holiness protects. Let's look at Psalm 91, 1 to 2. Psalm 91, 1 to 2 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And we could go on to read this psalm, powerful psalm about protection. And can I encourage you, take time in this psalm. Parents, pray this psalm over your children. Pray this psalm over your family because there is protection. That's one of the benefits of walking with Jesus, that there's protection. It talks about angels that have been given guard over you. You don't have to live in fear in the world that we're in right now. I know as a parent, I, if I have a battle of fear, I battle of fear over my children, but then I remember, God, you gave them to me. God, you're going to protect them. But here's the deal. Here's what I want you to see. God, there's this picture in this psalm where it says, he will gather you like a hen gathers her chicks under her feathers. 
Now, most of us, the only time we ever see chicken is, is those eggs in the grocery store or in the frying pan. But if you actually got out into the country, you got onto a farm, maybe some of you in here knows raising chicken, there's this picture where a mother hen will have her chicks around her, especially if there's danger or anything. She spreads her wings and the chicks run under and they are protected. It gives us a picture, says that's what God does with us. God, oh, oh wow, okay, thank you, Timo. All right, Timo got to jump on me there, right? And so that's, that's where you want to be. Except it's not mama chicken, it's the king of the universe. And he says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. But see, here's what happens. When we choose sin, we do this. I don't need you. And we leave the protection. In the book of Job, God, Satan was said to God, he said, oh, with Job, you've set a hedge of protection around him. There's this hedge that when you follow Jesus, and there's so many things God has protected you from that you didn't even know it was that car accident that he stopped from happening because you left two minutes earlier. He caused that person to change. I mean, there's so many things that God protects you from. But guys, when we embrace sin, it's not that God removes his protection. He's always right there. It's that we choose rebellion. We choose the rebellious way, and we get out of his protection. And his heart is he's saying, listen, come back under the hedge. Come back into the protection because there's a thief out there that wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. And he cannot get to you when you're in my hedge. He cannot get to you when you're in my protection. But if he can get you to start playing games with sin, he gets you out of the hedge. He gets you out of the protection. And I'm so thankful because even in those moments, there's God still, there's like this residual protection. But if you play games with sin for too long, guys, you get burned. That's why it matters so much that we live in repentance because there is protection. And can I share with you where this hits me even more? Because when you understand this concept, what we see God do, there's an element in the spirit. It's the head of my household. That's what I do for my wife and my children. There's my prayers and what I live brings protection. You want to take a run of my wife? You got to come through me. You want to take a run of my children? You got to come through me. But what? Uh, but my strength comes from my connection to the Father. But what if me, as a husband, as a father, say, no, I'm just going to give myself to sin. Not only do I expose myself to the enemy, but I expose my family and I open up my family to the enemy. It's not worth it. Get back in the hedge. Get back in the protection. Get back. Listen, I say this very, very soberly today, but there's some of you and you've been, you know, God says this is the highway of holiness. There's protection on the highway of holiness. But if we're playing games and we're off that highway of holiness too much, listen, God still can kind of cover and protect us in his love. But sooner or later, and there's some people, you are coming to the end of the season of grace and you need to get back into the place of repentance because God loves you and he wants wants you protected and he sees what the enemy's trying to work in your life. Don't play games anymore. Repent today. Get back under the feathers. Get back under his wings. Don't do that. Because then we get, and then the enemy smokes us. We're like, oh God, why did you let this happen to me? Lord, what, what are you teaching me right now? God didn't let it happen. God wasn't trying to teach you nothing. You got rebellious. You went out in sin. Repent and get back under the protection. Now, praise God, even if you get smoked, God can still redeem it, God can restore, God can heal you, and God can set you free. So if you got smoked a little bit, don't feel like you have to give up today, but get back 
to the Father. Get back to connection. Get back to the highway of holiness. Everybody, highway of holiness. All right, one last thing we'll say as soon as this team wants to come back. Holiness respects. Holiness connects. Holiness protects. And the last thing I'll say today is holiness enables us to reflect the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Man, I was thinking about that verse. I thought, man, I think there's a concept here that most of us need to understand more. Is that we're called to do all to the glory of God. We're called to reflect who he is. That's why our difference matters. Remember, we're going back to being salt and light. That's He's light, first and foremost. But he said, you're the light because we reflect his light. We reflect his glory. Guys, when we choose a life of holiness, we choose a life of being separated to God, we position ourselves to reflect God's glory into a dark world around us. We position ourselves to reflect who he is, to reflect his heart, to reflect his greatness, to reflect his goodness. When we choose holiness, we reflect his glory. But I want you to picture, because the glory is not of ourselves. We are mirrors that reflect the true glory. It's like the moon does not have light in itself, but the moon reflects the light of the sun. In the same way, you and I are not the sun. The sun lives in us, but we then reflect his glory. But when we do not choose the way of holiness, if we play games with sin, it's like taking that mirror and throwing a whole bunch of different things on it that stop it from reflecting anything. What's your mirror like today? Is your mirror reflecting the glory of God? Is your mirror reflecting who he is? Are we showing Jesus to people around us? Even by our conduct, our actions, our love? Or or has our mirror become... Again, no condemnation. If our mirror's not reflecting very well now, you're kind of listening to me going, oh man, yeah. Ugh. Here's what it really is. It's 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In some ways, guys, the answer, because here's what I found. I was hitting pretty hard today about people are kind of taking advantage of grace. But this is the amazing thing about grace, the grace of God. The grace of God is not just a cover-up for sin. I'm just sinning, I'm just saying, I just need the grace of God. The grace of God is an empowerment to overcome sin. And so I'm hitting hard today about holiness. I'm hitting hard about this, this highway because I want to stir our hearts for this today. But I want to encourage you because I know the vast majority of people in this place, you're, it's just, you're struggling with stuff. You're battling with stuff. You want to stay on the highway. Sometimes it's just hard to stay there. You feel like it feels impossible. You feel like you get pulled off all these directions. And so what I want to encourage you today is I want to encourage you with hope. You are supposed to live free from sin. You are supposed to walk in holiness. God would never say there's this highway of holiness, but it's impossible for you to walk on it. So I'm just going to put it out there to kind of make you feel terrible for us life. No, there is freedom. There is holiness. There is purity. It's going to be a work of God in your life. But I want to encourage you today. But where? here's where it starts. It starts with this. You've got to get serious about say, okay, God, I want to walk on this highway. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to pretend it's okay that I don't, but I'm going after the highway of holiness. This is where you start. If you start with the heart to go after the highway, God will help you get there. That's what I love about him. He'll help you get there. You seek. 
and you find. You knock and the door is open. You ask and you receive. But it starts with us saying, God, I want to I wanna live in this highway of holiness. I want to live in this highway of what you called me to. We go one last story and then we're done. Genesis 25, 29 to 34, it says, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Now, it's a little bit of context. Maybe it's familiar with the story. There's, there's a whole lot of back tension here. Two brothers, the birthright was the father's blessing. It was all the father's possessions that would go to the oldest son. Jacob was known as the deceiver. There was a lot of weird dynamics happening here. But there's this son, he says, so sell me your birthright. So he's saying, I'm hungry, give me some of your stew. He's like, okay, give me your entire birthright. Now, the logical answer is no. I'll make it home and get some more food. I'm not giving you my entire birthright for some of that stupid stew. But of course, Esau says, I'm about to die of what use is my birthright to me. So he says, I'm going to die. He was not going to die. He made it that far. It's not that much further home. But his flesh was ruling him. I'm going to die what you said to me. So Jacob says, swear to me now. And he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread, lentil, stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau disguised his birthright. Now, I don't know about you, this story always impacts me. And I think, what a stupid trade. What, what, a, what a unwise decision. I mean, if you study and see how rich his father was, and Esau was willing to trade all of that for a bowl of stew. And the temptation would be think, man, this Esau guy does not know what he's talking about. This Esau guy is a loose ball. This Esau guy is just an idiot. How can he do that? But here's when it hits me where I said, yeah, I might not be trading my birthright for a bowl of stew. But what am I trading my heavenly birthright for? What am I watching that I'm trading my birthright for? What am I listening to? What unforgiveness or bitterness am I holding on to? Maybe your issue is not red stew, but what is that issue today that you have been trading the birthright of the blessing in favor of God over your life for? And the enemy makes it so attractive. It smells great. It looks great. In the moment, you think I need this, but so often he's trying to get us to trade our birthright for all the greatness that God has for us. Can I encourage you this afternoon as we bring this to a close? Stop trading your birthright for stupid stew. Stop trading your birthright for temporary pleasures, for sin that does no good for you in the long run anyways. Stop trading your birthright for that addiction. I'm not saying it's always easy, but here's what I'm learning. Disciples do hard. Christians do hard. It's hard sometimes, but it's right, so we do it anyways. But can we make a commitment today with the Holy Spirit's help that I'm going to stop trading my birthright for whatever the enemy keeps trying to put in front of us. How many people would join me today in saying, I'm going to stop trading my birthright for stupid stew? Amen. We're going to stop doing that in Jesus' name. And so I want us just to bow our head and close our eyes. We're bringing this to a close. And here's just one ask God. Real question right now. This is what I want you to ask God. God, what's my stupid stew? Because it can be different for different ones of us. There's easy ones to go to and go, well, it's this or it's that. But you know what the Bible says sometimes? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. What? God, what's, what's the stupid stew that I keep trading my destiny for? What's the stupid stew that I keep trading for? And then 
don't get condemned over it. Confess it. And ask him to help you. And get accountable to somebody around you. A spiritually mature person, not just anybody, but get accountable. And say, God, with your help. And maybe this week you're listening and you fall flat in your face with something. Don't you dare stay there in the mud. Today you get up and you come to the Father. You say, hey, Dad, I messed things up this week, but I'm repenting. First John 1 verse 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He said, I will cleanse you. I will forgive you. I will set you free. That's the power of the gospel. Yes, there's some people who take advantage of it, but most of us, we're not trying to take advantage. We just need to believe it and believe that, you know what, God, I'm forgiven and I'm free by the power of Jesus Christ and that I'm living free. I'm not going to trade my destiny for stupid stew. I'm not going to trade my anointing for stupid stew. I'm not going to trade my marriage for stupid stew. I'm not going to trade my kids, seeing a mother or father leading them in the ways of God for some stupid stew. I'm not going to trade purpose and destiny. Whatever it is, I'm not trading it for stupid stew anymore. Come on, somebody say, I'm not going to do it. Somebody say, a highway of holiness. And serious, we need to bring things to a close. But what I want you to do is you've talked to the Lord now. If he's shown you there's some things you've been trading for, I want you just to confess it to him right now. Lord, I've been trading my inheritance for pride. Please forgive me. God, I've been trading my inheritance for lust. Please forgive me. God, I've been trading my inheritance for sex. Please forgive me. God, I've been trading my inheritance for a love of money. Please forgive me. God, I've been trading my inheritance for anger. Please forgive me. Bitterness. Whatever it is. Like, just be real. Bring it to him. And then ask the Holy Spirit to come and change you and transform you so you can walk it out. And so if there's some things that you want, well, let's just say it this way. Let's keep it real simple. If your heart is to join me in saying, God, help me to walk in the highly of, highway of holiness and to build the highway of holiness this year. I want to invite you just to stand to your feet as we bring things to a close. and Just hold your hands up before the Lord. You're saying, God, I want this highway of holiness. We want this highway of holiness in our church. And so, Father, I thank you today. We're standing here, men and women of God. None of us are perfect. We need your grace. We need your forgiveness. But I thank you for a power to live in the highway of holiness. And God, I thank you for helping us to build this year. Maybe some of us, it's hard right now. It's hard. But you know what? We're going to keep battling. We're going to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep trusting you and getting your help to us. We're going to get accountable to somebody in our life who can pray with us. But Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray right now, even as we're standing before you, God, we're just the enemy has gotten with addiction, where the enemy's gotten with bondage. He's got on with lies that say you'll never be free. We just pray and declare that's broken today in the name of Jesus. Lord, it is broken off their lives, and we thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are going to purify, uh, clean our hands, purify our hearts, God, and that we are going to burn for you. And so we thank you for this, God, burning hearts for you, burning and shining lamps in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you in every person's life here for burning lamps, shining lamps in Jesus' name. So we thank you for this, Lord. Just with our head bowed and eyes closed, we're going to bring it to a close, but I do want to give an opportunity if there's anyone here who's not right with God. 
Bible teaches us that God loves us with our everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love by sin. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you're in this place today and you're not right with God, today's your day to get right. The devil doesn't have to get you to say no to Jesus. He just has to get you to say not today enough times. And I really want to encourage you, if God's drawing your heart, if God's speaking, if you need to give your life to Jesus, give your life back to Jesus. Today is your day. And so if you're in this place and I'm talking to you and that's you, head bowed and eyes closed, but I want you to do something bold. I just want you to wave your hand at me. If you say, I need, I want to pray today to give my life to Jesus, give my life back to him. Thank you. I see that hand there. Is anybody else just with a hand raised? Thank you. I see a hand there, a hand there. Thank you. I see a hand there. This is the starting of the highway of holiness. See a hand there. Thank you very much. This is where it starts. Let's do this. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Let's all pray it together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Fill me. Free me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to close. I'm going to ask if I can get some of our connect group leaders, some other leaders, if you can come just here across the front. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want to ask you, will you come forward? And we just want to pray with you actually and just be able to connect with you for a moment. Uh, If you need prayer for something else in your life, we want to invite you. You can come forward for prayer as well. And we're going to do that. It it will be, we do have to clear things out pretty quickly here, but we do want to give a few moments for prayer before we go today. But other than that, we are at the end. We're finished today. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Uh, We're excited about what God's doing. Please remember, no Alpha tomorrow night. For those who are involved in Alpha, just because it's family day, have a great family day. And gentlemen, I want to see you. We're going to talk more about this stuff on Saturday. We're going to have a lot of fun, have some good food, but we're digging in for where God's taking us. So I want to see you on Saturday. And I want to encourage you, sign up online though, please. We need you to sign up so we can make sure we have enough bacon. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an amazing Sunday. Thank you for being here.